Hey, Coffee Breakers. This is just a warning to let you know that this episode contains adult content and may be disturbing to some listeners. Please take caution and listener discretion is advised. Dardeen, a last name associated with what's been called one of the worst unsolved mass murders in our country's history. And it happened here 32 years ago this month. Tonight, a determined mother wants to make sure we never forget what happened. How did you get through it? How can you stand it? 81-year-old Joanne Dardeen walks in the shadow of her only son's brutal murder and the slaughter of his family. I always say... I've got through it because I've got God on my side. Is there ever a time when you just want to take a break? No. They told us in the beginning that uh, we need to keep the story out there. We need to keep it going. Hey, Coffee Breakers. I'm AC. And I'm Scully. And we are back. I know. It feels weird. It does. It feels like it's been like a month it, since we recorded. Yeah. We were just looking at analytics. I'm like, what? Like, that's, <laughs> that's not right. But we're so used to putting out two episodes a week. Right. And so. then last week we didn't put out a true crime. I did like a four minute free for all. Yeah. And that was it. And a lot has happened. Yeah. But we're not going to update everything today. No. Today's true crime. Today is true crime. And we are going to bring you the story of um, the Dardeen family who was murdered on between November the 17th and November the 18th, 1987. So this is one of the older cases. I think this is the oldest case that we have done. Except for Richard Ramirez. As I say, Richard Ramirez. Hat was the 80s, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was like so. two months old. <laughs> I was I was a few, I was a couple years old at this point. <laughs> Three. I was about as old as Peter. One of the victims. You said November? Yeah. Yeah. It was like two months. Wow. <laughs> as oh, a baby. You was a little baby, and I was... A, about as old as um, one of the victims. So we're going to talk about the unsolved murders of Keith, Elaine, Peter, and Casey Dardine in Ina, Illinois. Okay, and again, it took place between November 17th or November 18th. They were found on the 18th. We're not sure when they were actually murdered. Oh, they couldn't confirm like a time of death? No. Hmm. Um, 1987. Uh, well, still, I thought based off body. Well, I think... They couldn't, they could tell that they died Nick, like close to each other. Okay. But not, they couldn't pinpoint a timeline. Well right. Enough. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to start telling you a little bit about our people. So Russell, Keith, he, Dardine, he goes by Keith. So I will uh, call him Keith from now on. Okay. And Ruby Elaine Cowing Dardine, who went by. Elaine, and that's what I'll call her from this point out, married in August 1979 in Albon, Illinois, and that was uh, Elaine's hometown. Okay. Um, little did they know that the time that they would, they would only have around eight years to enjoy each other. Wow. Elaine and Keith welcomed their first child, Peter Dardine, on July 5th, 1984. Um, and then shortly after, in 1986, the family of three moved from Albon, Illinois, to Ina, which is in Jefferson County, Illinois. 
Okay. Ina was a small town, like less than a thousand residents. Um, Keith and Elaine purchased a small mobile home and rented land from a couple who owned a farm. So uh, a few podcasts I listened to didn't know whether or not their mobile home was rented or not. Their mobile home was owned. The land that it was sitting on was rented. Okay. Okay. Um, the lot was private and nestled near a woodlawn. Okay. Keith began working as a water treatment plant operator at Wren Lake Water Conservatory District. And Elaine worked at an office supply store in Mount Vernon, which is about a 30-minute drive. And this was a Staples. Okay. So very public. Yeah. Not mom and pop. It was no, a yeah, it chain. Was, it was a chain. In early 1987, Elaine discovered that she was pregnant with their second child. No. Who the couple decided would either be named Ian or Casey, depending on the gender. So back in the 80s, you didn't necessarily know what was coming. Yeah, I'm so glad. I wasn't <laughs> feeling, no, couldn't do it. Yeah. So my parents didn't know what I was. Mm-mm. And um, Don't like that. <laughs> well, they, they tell, my mom tells me the story of, like, she just bought a bunch of neutral colors, like greens and yellows yeah. and whites and stuff like that, because she didn't know. There's what still I, people who do that now. I just, I don't have that willpower. Yeah, I don't have it either. I want to know. I'd be like, what does it have? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Um, but they did not know the gender, but they had decided on the names. So they decided if it was a boy, they would call him Ian. And if it was a girl, they would call her Casey. By all accounts, the family was excited to bring a new addition to their home. Keith, however, was beginning to worry about, and I'm sure Elaine too, but it's emphasized Keith was beginning to worry about the violence in Jefferson County. Between 1985 and 1987, there had been around 15 homicides in the area. And see, that's a lot. For a small town? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a small child and one on the way. Absolutely. Yes. So one of these murders was a child, um, well, a teenager. Okay. Who systematically murdered his family as they came home. Oh, so, okay, so a kid murdered... Like, his parents and siblings as they came home. Wow. And that ended up being five of the murders. Okay. Five out of the ten. But one was of a ten-year-old girl who was beaten and raped. And so, and this is, okay, this is a small town who had the exact same violent... um, crime rate mm-hmm. as like Los Angeles at the time. So mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so Keith spoke with his mother and father about moving to Mount Carmel, which is where they resided. The parents. Yeah. And there was about an hour away. Okay. Um, so Keith decided to put their mobile home up for sale. Okay. Um, Keith and Elaine seemed to live a very low risk like frugal lifestyle like they were prudent with their finances and had a small social group which mainly included family and fellow church members keith and elaine played in a church band elaine would play the piano while keith would sing um 
and they were getting along pretty well. They were only in Ina about a year or so. And it started, like, that's when they moved in, saw everything going on, and we're yeah. like, okay, we're yeah, going to start. We're, about, yeah, we're out. We're getting out. So on November 18th, 1987, I put 2023 in my notes, but no, 1987, no. Um, Keith did not call or show up for work. And this was concerning to his coworkers and supervisors. This was absolutely against his character. Yeah. Um, they called his house with no answer. And finally, they reached out to Keith's emergency contact, which was his parents, and who had not heard from him either. Worried, they called Franklin County Sheriff's Office for a welfare check. Okay. Keith's father met them at the mobile home with a key. Upon entering the home, y'all, it's going to get graphic. Law enforcement was met with a haunting sight. Deputies found Elaine, Peter, and a newborn baby girl tucked into the family's one and only bed in their one and only bedroom. Elaine had been bludgeoned so badly that she went into preterm labor because she was only seven months pregnant at the mm-hmm. time and gave birth to their little girl, who was destined to be named Casey. Casey made the same fate as her mother, and the two-year-old Peter had also been beaten to death. They were tucked into the bed. The murder weapon was still in the home. It was a baseball bat that had been given to Peter as a gift that year by his father, Keith. Keith was not in the home. So immediately, he's prime suspect. He's prime suspect. So law enforcement put out like a bolo mm-hmm. um, for for him and his car. His car was found about eleven miles away, okay. um, in a neighboring police department parking lot. Odd. Very odd. It wasn't until the next day that a group of hunters found Keith in a field. Keith had been shot three times to the face and mm. yep and his penis had been removed see i'm just gonna tell you my stuff when you uh, first yeah told me about this case yeah I, I immediately went to this is super personal right because that before I even knew about the family, just what happened to him, I was like, this is some kind of, like, lover, scorned, like, shot him in the face and did this. And then when you tell me the family, it doesn't sound like a woman. No, th- this is definitely very, like, like, I'm not saying that a woman's not capable of this type of violence. Sure. It's just not typical. No. And the amount of brutality to it, a mm-hmm. woman being able to subdue like beat her so badly like she would have to have taken out the mama first and then to go so far to do that to both babies like yeah the two-year-old and the newborn a newborn like, and nobody knows if elaine was still alive when the baby was born so there's a thing that happens apparently and i didn't know this that you can have like what they call like a spontaneous abortion mm-hmm. which is basically you'll go into preterm labor after going into like a traumatic event okay. so she could have been dead when she delivered Got it. and we don't know if the baby was even alive but when it was even born then moving her 
So, like, it ruled out a woman for me. So then I went, what's going on? Like, it's so personal. Like, it just seems so personal. And I'm going to agree with you 100% on that. And so there have been reports, and I tried to do a FOIA request to get all the information that I could but yeah. I'm and I'm going to read you guys the full year response so this is the the frustrating thing when you're trying to cover these cases because I want to see the documents I want to see what what actually occurred I don't want to necessarily just get it from news reports and, yeah. and other podcasters so um I, I received this email and I received this email yesterday actually and it says, thank you for writing the Illinois State Police with your request for information pursuant to the Freedom of Information Act. Records responsive to this request that were that we were able to provide, if any, I didn't get any, uh, without disproportionately burdening our operations are included. Continuing to search for compile and redact records in response to this request would be unduly bur burdensome. So then the email goes on that ISP has identified over 3,200 pages of paper records that may be responsive to my request. It is estimated to take approximately 467 hours to digitize these records, review and redact for applicable exemptions including privacy concern. Therefore, under... Um, let's see. I'm trying to five ILCS one forty dash seven and seven point five. That because it is um, unduly burdensome, they don't have to give me anything. I can see it kind of defeats the purpose of freedom of information. If it's like, yeah, it's too hard. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I can do another FOIA request and limit what I want to, because I put any and all records that are publicly able. Yeah, but how hard is it to pull an incident report? Apparently. You and I both know that. Yeah. It's not hard. Like take the name out. You, you, I mean, you don't even have a suspect. So what names are you taking out? Right. I know they usually redact like juvenile, so they might take out Peter's name, but in the incident report if nothing else you can send an incident report no, i agree 100 percent. but this is the the stuff that i run yeah. into doing for your requests so just so you guys know i am doing them i'm trying to get this information and just my soapbox for a second i think it should be standard practice that when they do it it's an automatic one that they that they so like if i'm the officer and i'm writing up this report there should automatically be one that's redacted with all that stuff so I can kick that out because cases like this have been solved by podcasters and sleuths and everything else. Right. So, like, why not kick it out there so other people can look at it? Maybe know. somebody in that area knows something, but when you put it together, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it should be an automatic already there. It's right. like, oh, you want the darting? Cool. Here it is. Here it is. Like, And, again, send me the incident report. And I will do another FOIA. I will do a FOIA for the initial incident report. Okay. okay just the initial and the autopsy reports. That's the ones I, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's yeah. why we work. Yeah, that's why we work. <laughs> I was thinking incident and autopsy. Because as far as like, I don't need to know who their suspects are. I already know who their suspects yeah. are because that's been publicized. They yeah. think that it was a serial killer, Tommy Lynn Sales. Now, we, he confessed yeah. to it, but was unable to give a lot of verifying information. Yeah, he back and forth, back and forth. Some things he said, 
the one piece yeah which we'll get into but yeah we can go ahead and get into it like i'm this is the story okay like this is what happened and now we're talking about theories because it's never been solved yeah um one thing that you'll hear in the reporting is they exhaustively covered keith they went through all of his stuff and they report on his stuff but you don't hear anything about Elaine. And that's the first thing me and you pointed out. It's like, why why did we not follow her? Because from what I understand, she had just recently started. Like, she hadn't been working at the Staples very long. Right. And so she had been there long enough to establish, like, different people coming in or whatever. But nobody looks at who they never talk about her family they never talk about her family and i tried to do some sleuthing but i couldn't find anything that's one of one of the things that i was hoping to find in the documents yeah and i know families are estranged so it's possible that maybe when they got married that was that yeah but or was she an orphan why not look up like talk to her people like at at staples like did, did did somebody come in and rub her wrong did somebody come in and make I know when I worked at a pharmacy when I was younger, there was a particular person that would come in and made me very, very uncomfortable and would say comments and always wanted me to check him out and me to be the one to do everything for him. And I and was, you always scanned the parking lot when you were leaving to see if he was there. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, he lived near where I actually lived. But it was just very, very creepy. Gave me his number multiple times to the point where I told my management like i'm uncomfortable i don't want when this guy comes in i'm going to the back right did she have an instance like that was there someone that was coming in and insisting that she be the one someone that just was drawn to her maybe she turned down advances was like i'm married and i'm pregnant and i have leave me alone creepo right and nobody what we know of followed up on that right and unless i get the documents from the the foia i won't know whether or not you nothing's discussed like I've, I've heard other podcasters talk about the, the possibility, but nothing in records that is publicly available is discussed about what was investigated for a line. No, it very much focuses on him. And I think it's because, like, my initial gut reaction was like, this is a female scorn, especially because the shot because, in the face and the removal of his appendage. Right. I immediately go there. But when you look at the other stuff, it doesn't fit. It doesn't. But I will say something else. There was, I was listening to a podcast who did say that Elaine was also sexually mutilated. And supposedly, again, I can't get, I don't know where they got this information from, that um, when they found her, she still had the bat in her vagina. Yeah, see, I'd like to confirm that. Right, because that leans even more. Mm To the fact that this is somebody who is sexually jealous of something. That or just, I mean, that could be anything. It could be jealous of the whole family dynamic. Maybe they had their own issues there, so they just want to take out this This family. This family, or they think she's less than and they want to just mutilate her and then. But they also mutilated the husband, too. And I I told you this, and I still kind of stand by this theory, that. It, someone in that realm saw her. Maybe they never spoke to her, but was just creeping her. You and had the Netflix. I was like, I didn't. <laughs> no, the Netflix. You exactly. Show you. Like he's built this whole thing in his mind, right? And then maybe he did approach her once, and she turned him down, and that's why it was so vicious. Like he beat her to death, 
killed her children because that, I mean, that was worse for a mama. I'd rather right. kill me than touch my babies. Right. So, like, you kill both of her children, beat her, do this thing to, like, how dare you reject me. Right. And then find the husband and you're jealous of him because why would she pick you over me? Right. And I still, I think it's something like that. Like, it just fits to me. Like, <laughs> Yes, I I would agree. I, I, you know, I don't think this was a serial killer. Now, I did look into. I don't know. I'm torn on that, too. I did look into Tommy Lynn, Tommy Lynn Sales' uh, past killings, and he did bludgeon sometimes, but he didn't have, like, a typical M.O. Yeah. And he did. I know he his thing was women. Like, he didn't have a whole lot. Like, women were. Well, yeah. Less than. They're the target. Yeah. Um, Which I think is so funny because it's always like, I'm a man, but they always target women. Right. And I'm like, really? Because, right. like, target a dude. Yeah. Go hit, you know, big, muscly dude. Go yeah. get him. And Go see how far him. you get. Yeah, exactly. But no. Um, so my whole thing is I also would like to know the order in which the, they were killed. And I, yeah. I, I think that speaks a lot because I don't think Keith was there the entire time. I truly do not think that Keith I was don't, there. I feel like he was... He came in. I, I I do. I think he came in. Like, they either got them in the beds, you know, squared away. He came in. They waited for that. Like, they wanted to see that. Yeah. As another jab. Yeah. And then took him. Right. I don't know about the gun. I don't I have no information on the gun. I have no idea what size it was. I have no idea, like, what caliber bullet yeah. was used. Don't know if Keith had a gun. Don't know if the gun was found. Like It doesn't say. Like, we don't have anything to say. Was it in the home? Did they bring it in? Like, right. So I'm going to assume that the perpetrator brought the gun with them. That's what I think, because if it was in the home, unless they were just sprung on, like, I feel like she would have tried yeah. to get to that. And I don't think they would have chose the bat. No. I... Hold on, I might be confused with what you say. What, what now? Like, I don't think that the person would have went for the bat. Like, if they had the gun, if it was... I picture, like, if someone comes, in, comes into my house, I would go for that weapon, and they would take that weapon and end up using that on me versus going to find this bat and using the bat gotcha. to do all this stuff. Well, the bat was used 100%. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you think that I they, think they had that, it on them yeah. in case they needed it, but that was never something they were planning on using. Like, right. It was never something they fought over because she didn't know it was there. I don't think it was used in that. Well, no, I think that's how they gained entry. With the gun? See, I think it broke in or came in the back door because they said in one of the podcasts that we listened to, they said the back door was unlocked. Yeah. Which was super, like, not like this family because the crime rate was high. Right. And they she was by herself. It, I think one podcast we listened to talked about the dad even turned away like a young girl coming to the door asking for a phone because he was like, uh-uh, uh, no, what you doing? doing? Right. Are you, yeah. So I find it highly, I find it weird. Mm-hmm. And I know people go to bed sometime and you forget, but. I don't think it was at night. Do you not? I don't think so. See, I, I'm thinking Twilight. I, well, I'm thinking right before it gets dark, but they're yeah. still like, I don't think they locked up for the night. It could be. I, I think the doors were open. Cause well, the front was locked, but the back was open. Yeah, well, I'm just saying it wouldn't be hard for the perpetrator to lock that front door as they go That's out the true. back. That's true. I, I don't think that the I don't think they locked up for the night. I don't think Keith it's was there. I think possible. Keith came in on it. I think the person knew that Keith would not be there. Oh, I think so. And that's the whole thing with Tommy Lynn Sales. So when he confessed, he was already in 
death row, I think. Yeah, he was already convicted of killing um, a teenage girl. One of them, he attacked two. He broke into their home. Mm -hmm. He attacked two. He slit both of their throats, but one survived. And and that was in Texas. Um, And I remember that case just because the girl, he split her so much. Like, it took her months to be able to even even speak. And she had to play dead for him to leave. But he... He actually confessed to a bunch of different ones um, all through his time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I didn't know that apparently serial killers would do that in a way to try to get out of, get off of death row, to get out, get transferred to a different prison. because So they can be tried. He was somewhere else. He wanted off death row. He would have got transferred to, I guess, Illinois. Illinois. And sometimes they just fake it. I didn't know that was a thing. But the only thing, when they asked him stuff. He didn't give them anything that wasn't already reported. Right. Except he talked about inside the home there was these watermelon figurines. Ceramics, yeah. Ceramics. And it doesn't nothing I've seen or even listened to were able to deduce if those ceramics were like pictured in like a, a newspaper article or a news report and but there are tons of picture even today of that family and that home and see are there any watermelons i looked through what i could like briefly look through but it would take days and see i want to know did law enforcement do that did you go through each piece to see because if not to me that is so specific yeah, to make up. ceramics. Like, yeah. it would be like someone coming to my house and be because you know I have a lot of salt and pepper shakers. Our listeners may not know that. I have a yes affinity. I love them. So yes, coming in and naming off a specific one that I have. A specific set. A specific set. Not just, you know, generic, but she has a set of octopus in her house. Octopi in her house. You would have to know that by coming into my house. Right. So, like, the watermelon figurines... That just gives me, like, Maybe you were in there, man. <laughs> and I'm not saying that he wasn't in there. I just don't know. Don't it could know. have been Tommy Lynn Sales. It could have been. It could, but then it's, I don't know. He didn't, the fact that he couldn't really you know, his whole go thing through was, it. Well, his whole thing was, like, he, he said that Keith picked him up and brought him to his house for dinner and then pr- propositioned him for a threesome with his pregnant wife. Yeah, and with that With the two-year-old in the home. Yeah, and that's why he murdered him. And they him. only had the one bed. So it's not like they're laying Peter down. Yeah, I didn't know they had the one to bed. It was one bedroom in my home. Yeah. And that part was weird. And then he changed it and yeah. said they met. Did he say they met at church and one? Cause I was no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Because, no, no, no. You <laughs> said that you hoped that man didn't say that, that they met at church. I'm so tired of people saying, I met him at church. Like, yes. stop that. But speaking of church. Was there any crazies at the church? I mean, I'm not trying to say anything about church. But as we have learned through... A couple of different crime cases that we have covered, including BTK, who was a deacon. So bad. I don't like any of that. I know. (laughs) Who was a deacon at his church. It's possible. It's not probable, but it's possible. Um, But, yeah. The thing with Tommy Lynn Sales is just the flip-flopping of, oh, we met here, we met here. And then a pool hall. Yeah. And And it was not places that this man... Was known to go to. He didn't go to places like that. From what I understand, like, he was very work 
and home with his family and church. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what they did. And they even said, was it one of the podcasts we listened to? I don't remember which one. Talking about he would take Cokes and sell different things at work he to would, be able to save money and yeah. put it up. He would take canned Cokes and sell them at work. Yeah. Yeah. So he could put money up for uh, Peter's um, like college. college fund. So, I mean, that just doesn't give me vibe of pool hall. <laughs> Gambling. <laughs> random dudes at the gas station. Be like, come on back to the house. You wouldn't even let a teenage girl in your home because you didn't know if you had somebody waiting. Like, uh, that doesn't make sense. It's, yeah, this random man. Right. Who's a transient who probably doesn't have the best hygiene. You're going to be like, yeah, come on. But another thing Tommy Lynn Sales talked about was hiding in the woods. Yes. Behind he did. the house. Yes, he did talk about and that. And that he waited. Mm-hmm. And that he said something about if they went and looked, there would be like beer cans mm-hmm. and like cigarettes. And like, did they? I don't know. I can't get the FOIA request. I'm like, I'm, was there ever anything in the woods? Like, did you check the whole? Like, I would have had to scour. Yeah. That woods to look for anything. I'd go there now. I, right. I could. Give me the address. Give me the address. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's probably mobile homes probably gone by now I'm and sure. all that good stuff. But can I go look in the woods? Yeah. Can I get a metal detector? We come out there. We find some cans. Yeah. Like, well, you know, it's just if. I hate that this case is unsolved. And I hate that it's unsolved for many, many reasons. First of all, this was brutal. This was a brutal this murder. Scary. This is even beyond, like, this is just cruel. Yes. You're going to kill a pregnant mama and not even just kill her and then, you know, the baby died because she died, but like beat her into labor. Beat her into labor and, and then, then beat, beat the her baby. baby. And then beat her other baby. Yeah. Like, that's an animal. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you look at a two-year-old and decide to beat their head in with a baseball bat. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know how you do any crimes against children, period. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't, how you can look at that face and they, all they know is trust. Right. I don't get it. Oh, it makes me so mad. It does. It makes me mad, too. Um, I don't get it. I, I especially don't get how you could bludgeon a newborn with a baseball bat. No. Like, I don't get it. For anything. That's why I said this is very rageful. It is. This is very, I don't know. And then I'm like, is it like some weird, wrong, like, <laughs> this is totally out there, but like this hitman got sent to the wrong address. <laughs> like, it just seems so vicious. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, they wanted to send a Hit- message, but this family was Hitmen not- are a lot cleaner, I think. Well, I mean, it's never solved i know it could be and i guess that's the irritation of the case is just, it could be anything that person this person could still be alive today walking around yeah and i feel like it, as much as i want to go with tommy lynn sales just to be like it that that's, that, that's who did justice, it. he's dead whatever yeah the fact that he couldn't recall like he couldn't be able to tell you i did da 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 da, da. and i feel like if you murdered a pregnant lady well, he murdered so many i know but you would remember the pregnant a lady? pregnant lady and the newborn. Like, that was... Tim, I feel like you would never forget that. No. I think he would... I think he would be proud of it. Right. Like, that would be more like a badge. Like, I'm so... I'm such an animal. I did this. Like, mm-hmm. I, nothing will stop me. Yeah. Now, and I do fact, know investigators went to Texas to talk to him because they couldn't extradite him. Yeah. But they never charged him. No, because he could, he wasn't consistent and they thought he was just uh, using the system to get out. Yeah. Because he wanted to transfer for better conditions or whatever, which just bothers me. I didn't know that was a thing. That is a thing. We are learning so much. Yes. <laughs> things I don't want to know. <laughs> yes. Most of the things that I'm learning is against my will, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, this one's a bad one, but I agree with you. I think that this is somebody who knew the family in some kind of way. I don't think this is somebody off the street. Well, I don't think they knew the family. I think I think it's something with Elaine. I did, what, what I'm saying is knew her. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not articulating well. I think all of this has to do with Elaine. Yeah. And I don't, we're not and, saying she like had an affair. Cause she like didn't. That, that was no. completely ruled out. Okay. That but just somebody had their eye on her. But let's, let's go back. Let, let's think about this. Had she been in a relationship before Keith? Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure. Potentially. But potentially. Yeah. How did that relationship end? Was she in an abusive relationship? Did anybody look at her exes? Look at her exes criminal record did anybody do that i mean surely to god they did that you would think just because the way the crime comes apart it was like to humiliate and hurt her Mm -hmm. and then just to be humiliating to him as well like you're just like how would she pick you over me like it comes out so personal i will say i think keith was bigger than the person that Killed that's him. why he got shot. I think that's why he got shot. I'm not saying that it was female. I'm just saying no, I think I don't, Keith I think was a bigger a guy. I think Keith was bigger than the person. That's why he got shot. I think he got... I, like, I think he was intercepted. I don't think that... Oh, I say intercepted, but I don't think he was there to witness what happened to his wife and children. Mm-mm. I think they laid in wait until he got there, I and they already that. had the gun. Yeah. And then they took him to the field. He was shot in the car, from what I can understand. Like, there was blood spatter Which in the car. Which is interesting, because it's like, how are you going to kill this man and then go park his car at the police at station? At the police station. Which speaks to some kind of psychology, right? I don't know what yeah. psychology that is, but it speaks to something. Well, I mean, it's just brazen. Like, it's very much like, catch me if you can. Like, right. Which gives you more of like, was it serial killer? But then it's like, that don't make sense. Like, it just doesn't fit. I mean, I'm not a profiler by any means, but oh God, it me just neither. doesn't fit in my head. <laughs> right. What I picture. Right. Like, so. it's just, I think it's somebody had their eye on her. I do too. And I just think it was, I mean, negligence that unless it was done and it just never has been reported that anything was followed up on her side right because they investigated the crap out oh of i know well because it was like he did it so well, they, they started Im- running his whole background and then when they, he was found to me it should have been okay who had beef against both of them right and then who had beef against elaine right like and look in the past mm-hmm. can't just look at present did they move because something happened like right well fr- from all reports anybody anything right well from my all reports the reason that they moved to anna was because keith got this great job at this water treatment plant and that could be but is there you know as well as i do you could be like yeah i got this job offer but there was this underlying thing too but why did you go looking for that job in that town exactly like we wanted to get away because this dude here was causing issues or her parents like i don't think her parents did it but i'm just saying like you don't know we don't know we We don't have no idea we have no idea and and that's the frustrating part about this case because it has a lot more questions than answers Mm mm-hmm and it's so brutal. It is brutal. But if you do know anything about this case, uh, please reach out to Illinois State Police and their cold case unit. 
and give the tip. Don't sit on information. If you know anything, if you were in and around Anna at the time of this, if you know anything, if you knew Elaine and know something. Yeah, if she told you. If by anything. happenstance this falls in the right ears, yeah, then like you remember that, oh, yeah, she did say that boy there or whatever. Mm-hmm could be a chick we're not eliminating it maybe there was a really mean girl i don't know it, it could be you know whatever no it ain't a lady because that mama would have beat her for everything she was worth if she could gun unless she i don't care you gonna shoot me like it ain't going down like that and i, I just mean. don't see many mamas that would she if it was a female that mama would have like marks and yeah like it would have been there would have been some kind of dna left because that woman would have fought tooth and nail but if you got a dude twice her size nah yeah it's not it's not it's not a fair fight no it's not but we don't know if she has defensive marks no we don't i don't know that i don't know any of that that's true and that is frustrating (laughs) y'all and i don't know where testing was and that's another case i was listening to it's hard for these older ones because they didn't have the capability so either these perpetrators have died and never got their DNA. Like, so they'll, they'll remain unsolved because they don't have the capability unless the person's still living and does something or right. it gets linked up to them. Right. They're not going to be able to get their DNA to know. Right. And that, I hate that. I hate that too. But I guess that's just part of progressing. And It is. And we are, like, they're doing so much wonderful stuff with <clears throat> even uh, familial DNA. Yeah, what is that? I heard that term today. So... From my very, very basic understanding, it's like a database, right? So let's say, let's say AC has submitted my DNA for ancestral testing, right? And cousin John John murdered somebody. Well, they partial DNA hit to my DNA. Um, and they're able to trace John John through my DNA. Okay, I did see a case that was solved that way. A sister had submitted her DNA, mm-hmm. and they were able to trace it back to a brother. Right. They ran all the brothers, and then they found the match, which I think was the youngest. I, I heard that story, too. So I didn't know that was familiar DNA. I thought it was like ruling out the family. <laughs> well, it can be, but, but by submitting the DNA... I it's a profile it. they can be like okay well this is almost it yeah but so it's not ac but it could be you know so. you know it could be xyz down the line hmm. yeah so. yeah yeah this case is sad a genetic genealogy is becoming a really 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 i see i struggle so much because i'm very much like no privacy and then part of me is like no I'll put it out there like <laughs> I ain't gonna do nothing. I yes, I struggle so hard with that. So I'm like, you should submit it because if you're if you're not gonna murder people, it's fine. But then I'm like, eh, I don't know. So my SO has a huge thing with the DNA thing. He is like, no, never under any circumstances yeah. submit your DNA. And I'm like, my DNA is everywhere. Like I shed by the root every time I brush my hair. Yeah, like there's touch dna now like i can touch this table and they can come swab it and get my dna like your dna is not safe i guess Uh, he means like in a database but who's gonna stop you touch my table yeah if i wanted to (laughs) you in a database too right i I just Mm. i'm just saying like i get it but it's just not like I understand DNA is our code and it makes us who we are and yeah. scientifically and all that good stuff. Like, I get it. But it ain't a secret. No, and yeah, I just, uh, 
I told you. I'm, I'm like, he's super it, private. Though. Put it there, and it's just it's fine. If you don't plan on committing any crimes, like you don't have anything to worry about. Well, how they identified Kohlberger from the Moscow Four was because they got his dad's trash was able to do the familiar thing do, do the familial dna and yeah because homeboy's wearing gloves and putting his trash in a separate bag to be See, disposed I'm immediately of immediately like red flag what'd you do oh honey get out of my house oh, no, like, as a family member i'm, I'm gonna steal that because something wrong with you yeah. done done something well, let let my brother roll up wearing some gloves yeah and putting his trash in baggies oh no sir come on we going to the police what did you do yeah i'm gonna be like i don't know what he did but here's the sample <laughs> here's this i don't know what he did but he bad something happened right but you got two seconds to tell me what you did right before I punch you in your face and take this to the, the police department because you did something. You did something. Like and Normal I, people don't do that. I Can't you imagine just sitting around Thanksgiving table and somebody sitting there eating in gloves? No. It's like, what did you? What did he say? I don't know. And then because I'm germaphobic. I know. You'd be like, what you got? I would immediately. <laughs> what you got and why you here? <laughs> and then when it was like, oh, I have anything infectious i'm like you're not allowed to be here yeah get out get out kick rocks go sit on the sidewalk or if it was like oh i'm just afraid i'd be like why why are you afraid like no don't make sense either uh, me and you are very much like we're too suspect we are too suspect i question everything 100 come if, with me with something stupid i'm gonna be like what are you walking weird and start looking around i'm gonna be looking around too like what are we looking for right and i will call you out if it don't make sense 100 percent yeah 100%. You tell me some kind of lie that don't line up 100% with the way it should be. Guess what? You lied. What's up? Yeah. Why are you lying? <laughs> it don't make sense. Yeah, AC is a little crazy. Tell that story to somebody else. else. <laughs> I was like, I was listening to... Could be detectives. I don't... Okay, Good I cop, bad cop. I don't have... Good roach. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I don't have the people skills in order to be... Nobody would ever talk to me. Because I'd always be like, we have lie. a very good good cop bad cop dynamic. We do. So I, I think I think together. Yeah, we'd have to do it together. Me on my own now. Now I don't know if I could do cases like this. I, this because if I had anybody come in, I would just want to scream. Yeah, because this is horrible. Mm -hmm. But low level stuff like you want to catch shoplifter, I got you. Yeah. Like you know. I mean, I could even do murder, but just not babies. Yeah, I can. To me, it you just. There's and a special the, place in hell for people like it. Right. And the images that you are... And, mm -hmm. and people don't understand with law enforcement. Like, that is a thing. Like, they are traumatized a lot. Yeah. There's... Even for wrecks and stuff, they see things that not an average person has to see. And that stuff doesn't go away. And that does increase the... The anger. And that they say that that's one of the... Um, like domestic abuse happens a lot in those situations because they don't have an outlet. outlets to be able to get the like get this off of their mind. It just right. replays over and over. It's like it's PTSD. It is PTSD for sure. Yeah, there's not any amount of therapy that can necessarily work you through it either. I mean, at well, a certain if you need help, ask. Absolutely, if you need help, ask. Don't be nobody. Ask for help. There's yeah. help out there. Um, but oh man, I completely forgot. Where all is going? Wrap it up. <laughs> yes, we're wrapping up. I completely forgot. My brain just flew. It'll, it'll come back. Yeah, after we get finished recording, but that's fine. It, it's well, we got a free-for-all coming. Yes, and that one's going to be fun. Right, we're, we're back. <laughs> we'll be here for a free-for-all. Yes. And get y'all updated on all the things that have happened since 
a week ago. Yeah, I know. It's been a week. I know. It feels so weird. I like, know. it feels like it's, we've just abandoned everybody. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know we why. We didn't I record for a week, and we're like, we haven't recorded in a month. Yeah, like, like just abandoned them. We miss y'all. We miss doing yeah. this. But anyway, coffee breakers, we are going to say goodbye for a while. Um, well, un- uh, until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. And y'all have a good day. Good night. Bye. Thank you.